0: This is the World in Brief, from The Economist. Our top stories Ukrainian officials said that electricity supplies had been restored in Kharkiv, the country's second biggest city, and water and heat were back on in Kyiv, the capital, after a wave of Russian missile attacks on the country's infrastructure on Friday. An 18-month-old boy was among four people killed by the strikes in Kriviri, in the south. General Valery Zaluzhny, the head of Ukraine's armed forces, told The Economist this week that the Russians were preparing for a major offensive in the next few months, including, quote, another go at Kyiv. Argentina beat France to win the World Cup, winning a penalty shootout after a thrilling 3-3 draw. France's Kylian Mbappe scored three goals, a feat achieved only once before in the final. Argentina's victory gives them their third title, and means that Lionel Messi, widely considered the best player in the world in recent years, has at last secured a prize that had long eluded him. The EU reached an agreement to strengthen its carbon market, extending emissions trading to heating, road transport, and shipping. The bloc will also increase the pace at which it requires companies to reduce pollution. The reforms are part of the EU's Green Deal, which is intended to bring about net-zero emissions by 2050. Japan weathered a weekend of military threats as North Korea fired two ballistic missiles towards the archipelago, and a fleet of Chinese warships was detected near the island of Okidaitojima. On Friday, Japan adopted a new national security strategy, designed to put it on a more offensive footing towards China and North Korea. Its previous policy emphasized self-defense and the possibility of cooperation with China. Qatar denied being involved in a corruption scandal embroiling the EU. Last week, Belgian authorities charged four people with corruption and money laundering. After more than 1.5 million euros, 1.6 million dollars, in cash, allegedly paid by Qatar, was recovered from sitting or former MEPs and their staff, the EU suspended all work on legislation relating to Qatar, which a Qatari diplomat described as, quote, discriminatory. The mayor of El Paso, a city in Texas on the Mexican border, declared a state of emergency owing to the thousands of migrants being apprehended every day. Oscar Leeser, the Democrat mayor, said that the emergency designation would enable authorities to provide better shelter for people crossing the border. More are expected after the expiry of COVID-related border restrictions known as Title 42, which is due by December 21st. Less than 9% of Tunisians took part in the country's first parliamentary elections since the legislature was closed by Kais Sayed, the country's president, in July 2021. That is perhaps unsurprising. The opposition boycotted the vote and a referendum earlier this year on constitutional reforms that would hand Mr. Sayed virtually unchecked power attracted only 28% of eligible voters. And, fact of the day, 52,000, the number of reported thefts of catalytic converters in America in 2021. Thirteen times more than in 2020. (music) And now, a deeper look at the day ahead. War returns to Europe. This week, we are looking back on 2022. Today, the Ukraine war. When Russian tanks rolled into Ukraine at dawn on February 24th, most Western officials thought Kyiv, the capital, would be overrun in days. In fact, Russia's army was forced to retreat from the north of Ukraine after little over a month. It turned instead to the eastern Donbas region, which over the summer saw the most intense artillery duels since the Second World War. By early July, Russia had conquered almost all of Luhansk province but ran out of steam in next-door Donetsk. The next month, Ukraine, armed with American and European artillery and fresh supplies of ammunition, went on the offensive in the Kherson province. Ukraine's army liberated Kharkiv province in September and Kherson city in November, forcing Russia to conduct a partial mobilization and turn to aerial bombardment of Ukraine's power grid. Both sides are now rearming for large battles early next year. The year economic woes kept piling up. Before the war in Ukraine began, the global economy was suffering from the after-effects of COVID-19. A boom triggered by the West's lifting of pandemic restrictions had started to fade. At the same time, Fiscal stimulus programs and supply chain disruptions caused by the sudden recovery in demand pushed up inflation. China did not begin to reopen until the end of 2022. Its zero-COVID policy hampered growth both there and elsewhere. The energy price jump that followed Russia's invasion led to another bout of inflation, while central banks were still busy fighting the last one. Governments in rich countries spent billions to protect households and businesses from sharply higher prices, pushing up public debt. Higher interest rates in the rich world forced up rates in poorer countries, where the hardship caused by rising food prices is greatest. In 2023, the global economy will struggle to recover. Europe's biggest refugee movements in decades. Russia's invasion of Ukraine caused the largest exodus of people in Europe since the Second World War. Millions returned home when it became clear that Russia could not quickly conquer the whole country. But as the war has dragged on into the winter, people continue to trickle out of Ukraine. By December sixth, more than 4.8 million Ukrainians, almost all of them women and children, had registered for refugee support schemes in Europe. The EU gave all Ukrainians immediate permission to work and receive social benefits. Syrians have had to spend months or years applying for asylum first. Many found jobs and settled in quickly, especially in Poland, which took in the largest number. But many refugee children are attending online classes given by Ukrainian schools. And generosity has its limits. In March, Poland will start charging refugees for government housing. Meanwhile, Russia claims that 2.9 million Ukrainians have come there. Many had no other way out of war zones. Thousands of Ukrainian children have been seized and placed with Russian foster parents. The start of a new geopolitical era The war in Ukraine and the intensifying Sino-American rivalry herald a new geopolitical era. Russia shattered the norm that borders should not be changed by force and revived the specter of nuclear war. America has rallied Western allies to help Ukraine. Even so, it regards China, whose shadow looms ever larger over Taiwan, as a bigger foe than Russia. China's growing nuclear stockpile may yet lead to a new arms race and jittery three way deterrence. Economic weapons are being wielded with new ferocity. Russia is starving Europe of fuel. The West is trying to squeeze Russia's revenues through sanctions and embargoes. America, meanwhile, is working to constrain China's industries and build up its own, to the ire of many allies. As cleavages deepen between democracies and autocracies, much is uncertain, even the name of this post-post-Cold War era. Great power competition is too bloodless the new Cold War, too reductive, and the decisive decade, President Joe Biden's phrase, won't stick. Daily Quiz Our baristas will serve you a new question each day this week. On Friday, your challenge is to give us all five answers and, as important, tell us the connecting theme. Email your responses and include mention of your home, city, and country by 1700 GMT on Friday to Espresso at economist.com. We'll pick randomly from those with the right answers and crown three winners on Saturday. Monday. Which musical is based on the story of passengers stranded in Canada after the September 11th attacks? Finally, here's the quote of the day from Emily Bronte, who died on this day in 1848. Proud people breed sad sorrows for themselves. That's The World in Brief from The Economist, available three times every day of the week. You can also hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, on your podcast app.